and you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. sometimes we, we talk low and those little words might get cut out. Okay. I don't think they will, but. But if Ronnie's not here, what's the Bible verse? What do you want? I got one. Pick one. You got one? Good. Yeah. Glad you thought of me, son. <laughs> he contributes sometimes. Everyone's when I show up, right? <laughs> well, not even then all the time, but yeah. Pretty sure he's talking about me. I was, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But you can take it, Mike. Okay. Okay. I'll let you have it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> show on the road. Yeah, right, you ready? Yep. Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Mike. I'm Carl. Oh, stop. What? I'm Ron. What's the problem? That's uh, <laughs> I don't I'm not calling myself that. See, yeah, like I'm not saying anything I, about an A in front of me. <laughs> and and that, you're not Mike. You're Schmike. Yeah, yeah, that one I do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think you should take two. All right. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. Let's do this again. Are we praying? Hey, yeah, we should, shouldn't we? We probably should. You're, you're, man, you're heavy with the call outs right now. You're heavy with it. Zingers out there today. What a leader. Right. I think Ron, he should pray for us. Ron, I mean, our, leader for us. Gone, our leader's gone. Everything just falls to crap here. Yeah. <laughs> it is going to fall apart, isn't it? Ron, Ron, will you pray for us, please? Let it out. Don't hold it in this better round. Darkness looking like bad weather clouds. It can stop me cause I'm heaven bound. I feel better now. On the highway, Lord, I'm heaven bound. You stay with me. Now we're going. Now we're going. Oh, okay. Take three. Take, take something. <laughs> I'm believing all this in. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Welcome back. To another episode, Broken Record Ministries. You didn't say of. Oh, Broken Record Ministries. Let's just go with it. Okay, Damn. I'm over it. That's why. That's why Ronnie can't please. <laughs> it's all his fault. I'm Mike. I'm Professor Carl. Oh, there it is. The professor. The, I'm the professor. There you happy? Go. Thank you. Thank you. Bob's uh, brother Bob is back. That's right. Vintage Bob. Vintage Bob. Vintage Bob. I gotta give Mike. We gotta give coffee, Mike. A win. I'm like a. All right. I'm like an old 67 Mustang fastback. <laughs> I'm cool and sleep. Broke down on the road. Get down the road. Right. <laughs> <Broke> down. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm out. <laughs> I couldn't let that one. I've had enough of this mess. <laughs> Coffee Mike is back. Hi, everybody. And the third person, Silent Ron, is here. There he is. Look at that. There's, there's five people here. There's five. Yeah. Yeah. Count again. What what I just said? The third person. I said it in a third oh, person. Oh, in a third person. Oh, you said I was talking for myself. Okay. In a uh, third person. So uh, so, okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm really slow on the uptake. Yeah, that was a lot better than any of us gave him credit. <laughs> that was, um, hey, all I got to say is when the cook's away, the mice will play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See if I want to get. Oh, we go teach him. We go teach him. We tonight. Teach him. <laughs> I can already feel him in the future cringing listening to this. 
Can you? I can oh, feel it. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, somebody needs to get put the date out yeah, there. So he loves that. Wednesday, when this comes out, since, you know, it's Monday evening, um, he's going to cringe when this comes out. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, upload it as the A side this week. Oh, the A side's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just to dig yeah. it in a little bit more. Dig it in. Hey, we're on the A side. Thanks, gentlemen. <laughs> so uh, today's verse is from Job 22, and it's going to be uh, verses 28 through 30. I'll be reading from the ESV version. And light will shine on your ways, for when you are humbled, you say it is because of pride. But he saves the lowly, he delivers even the one who is not innocent, who will be delivered through the cleanliness of your hands. So today's topic, <laughs> pride. No, it's one that we've covered before, but... Obviously, I think we could probably talk about this all year. Oh, you know, um, Ronnie's not here, but he had put out to us that uh, friends with a monster under my bed pride. I think that's a great uh, analogy because I don't know about you guys, but I know I feel like sometimes, oh, I got it beat and then yanks me under that bed with them and it's not like that movie Monsters in the 80s. It's not a fun-loving little monster like uh, Howie Mandel was. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's more of the scary movie going to tear you apart. And, it's not no drop-dead Fred, huh? Yeah, no. Nothing like that. You wish it was. But, um, this may be it kind of God's intervention, I think, because I didn't think I was going to even talk tonight because it hit hard, you know, just reading the topic. Because it was, I know it's been rearing up in my in my life, in little things, and then not so little things to the point of trying to go back inside the shell and desolate and get on that island and you know just and not even sometimes not even realizing it, you know. And then I, a couple of weeks ago went to, went on a float trip and had three or four different people. Okay, what's going on? Like you're you're not yourself. You're not. You're just quiet and you know i had to really really think about it and even my wife and, and everything and what's going on it's just something something's off something's wrong and and i think it was you know i got back to that i'm building lists in my head i'm letting the enemy get in my head and say like see it's not it's you you're the common denominator in this it's you it's not how somebody else feels about you or whatever you're the problem <laughs> And I let that tear me down way, way too much because I got too many people in my life, you know, telling me I do have stuff to contribute or, you know, they do love me or they are here for me that even around this table, you know, that I still, I know you like to hear it. Coffee, Mike, I'm fine. Yeah. His famous words. I'm famous fine. last words. Just for the record, I, I love your bald head. Yeah. See, Let's see, see, I want to, I wanted a bald head. My wife said I didn't have the jaw for it. Mm. Yeah, I had to work my wife up to it. I had to go to the Bruce Willis first. Yes. Yeah. You know, I had what we called the palm prawn. So it was long and it was like right here in the middle. It was like poop down, you know? So, so that's what we called it. But <laughs> oh, I thought squirrel. You, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say that's Trump, right. the Trump care do, but no, no, no. You look deeply concerned by his love for. For Mike's bald head, <laughs> you okay? Do you want to? Do you want to give him a punch we need, for that? Uh, do you feel like he needs it? Put his chin on it with you. Uh, <laughs> with you talking about the little stuff that comes up in your life, that 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 brings me back to 
thinking what Carl said a few weeks ago about the thousand cuts. Mm. He uses the small cuts to to set you up to where he needs you. He 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 drags you in easily and makes it makes it easier to to come into to that to that sin, I guess you per se. Yeah. You know. Yep. You remember talking about I the do. thousand cuts? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about that a lot. You know, I'm like, especially when I see myself doing stuff like that, which I never have a pride problem ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Just that one. Didn't yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, when I, when I see, when I see myself welling up and, and getting prideful, I'm like, takes me back to them little thousand cuts. You know, I'm like, he's just, he's just using that small cut to drag me in just a little further to, to take me off the rail just a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, and then trust me, I got a lot of, I got a lot of ugly little monsters under my bed. Yeah. I mean, then they, they try to rear their heads all the time. The thing is, is you know, we just got to, what am I trying to say? We got to keep them at bay. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got to, first and foremost, we got to put God in the center because he is the center. And we got to try to stay focused on him. We got to put ourselves out of the way, which we don't do enough. Yeah, absolutely did. And just this past, just these past few days, there's been guys that haven't put themselves out of the way, and they've been questioning. And and I'm one of them guys. I mean, you know, I, I question a lot of stuff. Yeah. Am I supposed to be doing this or or am I doing it right for God or am I doing enough for God? Am Is I supposed to, to be doing question somebody else? When you say you question yourself, is it the same like cuz I catch I catch myself questioning what I see like through other people because they don't see it. They're blind mm-hmm. to it themselves. Is it is it like the same? What do you mean? I think it can be. I think it can both be. Yeah, it both. depends on how you depends on how you're perceiving it. Because right. I mean, it makes, yeah, but it makes me feel terrible that I'm even doing it because but, I see it. Now there's a there's a difference between having godly concerns for somebody and having concerns that you know. Oh, I hope I see them fail. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or even nitpicking. Or even nitpicking. Yeah. Yes. You don't. And Ron, I don't take you as the guy that is wanting to see anybody fail. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I agree with that. Yeah, I see you as the guy that loves people, that wants to see them to succeed in what they're doing. Want the, you want to see them succeed in God mostly. Yeah, you want to see them come to God. You want to see them. You want to see God work in their life. That's that's who I see in you. That's that's how I perceive you. Because that's the way God built you. I just, uh, there's there's just been times when I see something happening and I want to intervene, but yet something tells me not to. And then, but yet if I do intervene sometimes and I bring it up, they don't see it. It's like myself. I can't see myself. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. I can't. So I don't know if I'm doing right or wrong, and that's where it gets in my head to where my pride or whatever, I'm like, I'm good. Right. 
because I can't see myself. And, and I think that's that, kind of what Bob's talking about yeah. too, with even with the God being the center of everything is what you're projecting. Is it, is it from God or is it from Ron? See what I mean? Cause again, you got to remember like people always talk about, Oh, well, we're not made to judge. Well, we are, we're made to judge people that are like-minded, but we're, other Christians well, We're we're made to judge righteously. Right. Not, uh, not right. And that's the thing is there's still two methods of yes. the, the judgy, if you will, it's, are you, are you being judgmental of something that is being Christ-like or is it Ron being judgmental? You know what I mean? Yeah. Fine line. Yeah, for me, absolutely. No, it, for, it is. I think for every all of us. And sometimes really I, have like to, I get to the point where I'm so into it, it brings me down because I feel like, you know, I don't know their situation, but I'm nitpicking them so bad that they're going to dislike me mm. for what I'm saying for most reasons or get upset. And then it's like I I never ever try to upset anybody. Just context. I know you're trying to avoid saying names or anything like that. I'm not pushing you to do that. But just context wise, are we talking like non-believers? Are we talking like lukewarm lukewarm believers, like yeah. believers that aren't acting like they should be? Both. But I mean, some some I see some believers doing some things. They'll say one thing, and they're. And they probably believe in what they're saying, but then turn right around and do exactly the opposite of what they just said. Mm -hmm. But they don't see it. But they can judge somebody else, but they don't see it. And see, that's where I feel I'm at. You know, I don't want to be that person that says, hey, look, you're doing this wrong. And then, then turn around and say, well, he's a hypocrite because he's doing it. Well, that's because I can't see myself. Right. You know. And and I think that's where the relationship kind of comes into effect too, because hopefully, if it's somebody that you're bringing something that you think that that spiritually they're not doing correctly, and they need to either correct or you know, and again from love, you got to do it out of love. Um, hopefully, it's somebody also that you have that relationship with that's also still they're it's they're not just going to fire back. It's going to be a, if they if they're seeing an issue with you that they would have will have already told you. You know what I mean? Because so, it, it shouldn't be a tit for tat. It shouldn't be a well. You said this, so I'm you know I'm gonna throw this back. Yeah, you know. So and see, it hesitates me sometimes to say anything. You know, they'll say something and I, and I just bottle it up and keep it in because I don't want to. I want to figure out a different way to break it down, so to say. Mm -hmm. You know that they don't get upset, but yet they still understand where I'm going with it. But do you let it go to where it just festers? No, no, okay, no, because once it gets to a point of where I can't handle it no more, I'm not really that silent. I'm pretty straightforward. I don't have a filter. Gotcha. You know, if I say something, sometimes it could sound really bad. It's not my intent, right? But it, it just sounds bad. Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say because if you let it just build and build, it's going to do nothing but wreck you on the inside. You know what I mean? You're, it's going to affect your daily mood. It's going to affect how you are around that person. And that's that's not good. No, because again, I mean, then that's I end not... up talking to somebody else about it. And I'm like, man, I should be talking to this person about it. I should be talking to the actual person about it. But yet, I have to so-called vent somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because venting to yourself just doesn't, it doesn't cut it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So, and that probably just went way off topic. Well, nope, no. Because again, I mean, you're talking about pride. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's kind of where I'm coming from is you have to try to maintain being biblical on all of it. So if you do have a problem with, a, you know, somebody, then you're, you're called to go to them. If you don't feel like it's going to, you know, if you're going to get anywhere, if you go and you don't, then you take a brother, you know, and that's biblically how you're supposed to do it. So I think as long as you're staying within that, then you're doing it correctly. I think we also have to remember that every one of us is struggling with the same old nature. Mm -hmm. You know, so yep. what you're seeing isn't always an act of hypocrisy. Sometimes you're just seeing an outpouring of the same struggle that we're all dealing with. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's, we got to be really cautious about that too. Yeah. And understanding that he sees more than what we can, all we can see is the outside. We can't see what's going on inside. We can't even see the past struggles they've dealt with, the hurts they're carrying, you know, why they're carrying those hurt, you know, those circumstances. There's a lot of information that only he has. We don't. So we got to be cautious about that too. And, um, uh, yielding to his direction and how to approach those situations, understanding that he knows the best way to approach it. And we don't. Right. And I think that's a lot for me. I know where the love part comes in because also it's not, I think that we also over, overlook uh, not just doing it in love, but also in grace and giving them the grace of, of, you know, the kindness of, of uh, the being the kindest that we can with it and love of saying it and presenting it and all of those things to where even if they, they come back with something and make, making sure it's on your heart to be gracious about how you're receiving it. Cause it may not be there throwing something back at you, but that may be how you take it. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why, I think that's why it tells us to to go with to go to them with love, because you know in, in order to in order to get somebody to open up to you, you got to build trust. You got to build you got to build a relationship with them. You know you you can't expect unless it's a unless it's a God event, you can't expect somebody to just open up to you the very first time. Right, I would not. Back back when I was back when I was unsaved, it would have took a long time to to get any kind of trust built up with me to be able to even even after I was saved, it still took me a long time to trust anybody. I didn't tell nobody nothing about me in the, back in the day. No, nobody knew me. I'm gonna tell you, you guys know more about my life right now than my best friend. We've been friends since I was five. We was five years old. We we're friends, but we've been there since we was five. You guys know more about my life than he ever will ever know. Yeah, I told you guys some of the deepest, darkest stuff that nobody else that I would I wouldn't even dare to tell. Same here. I mean, I had things come up within the first couple of years of doing this that, like, I had suppressed. You know, and just came out. And it was like, whoa, we, whoa. Yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't a thing come out. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, even <laughs> even here, it, you know, it's, it's we're still, sometimes we have to build that trust, mm -hmm. you know, because you, you, you want to make sure that who you're talking to, that's where it stays. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, y'all know my whole life. Right. Because before God, I was, I, was, I would say I was very prideful because... And I didn't even know it, though, mm -hmm. because I knew the word Jesus, didn't know who he was. So it was me against the world. 
Yep. The only one that could take care of Ron was Ron. Yeah. The only one that could take care of Ron's brothers and sisters was Ron. The only one that could take care of my mother was Ron. Mm -hmm. so. Well, and I think we've all been through things to where we had people in our lives that we thought we could trust explicitly and for sometimes for no other reason than their blood for them just to prove you wrong. Yeah. It could be some of the biggest judgmental people that are in your life. So that, that wanes. I know it does for me. I mean, that, that hit me so hard in my life that it's not even funny, you know, to, to the point of getting nothing but the niceties. Right. You, you know, know, it took, it took every fiber in my being to spit out what I spit out during the sermon. Yeah. I, I was really struggling with even telling that. It yeah, was just tough I know. To, it was tough to spit it out. For one thing, you know, I mean, I, I know we're supposed to be vulnerable and we're supposed to be transparent, but I still, it was hard to spit oh, that out. Yeah. It was real hard to even talk about it, but I did because yeah. God, God's like, you need, you need to tell this story. Can't look weak, Bob. What? I said, I understand because I can't do it either because I don't want to look weak. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that, there, mean, there's our, there's our pride issue right there. Right. Yep. We don't want to look weak. You know, I, I don't, I, and I hate being vulnerable. And the bad hate, thing is I am. Right. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Me too. I hate being vulnerable. I hate, I hate it when I think people look at me in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, Carl and I were talking about it last night. I don't care, but I do care. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, when, when somebody, when somebody walks up to you and they're looking at you, you're like, I wonder what they're really thinking. You know, what are they, what are, what's really going through their mind about me? Mm -hmm. You know, so, but you, I know God's got it. And apparently uh, we get to tell this story again, come our conference time. So that's something God wants me to do. So it's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm yeah, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm only doing it for him. Yep. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm not doing it for me because if I'd been doing it for me, I wouldn't have said a word. Yeah. Because that's just who I am. Because I got to be that manly man, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't be vulnerable in front of people. I can't show can't people. Let nobody knock yeah, me down. I can't exactly. I can't let anybody think ill of me or think that uh, I'm lower than I should be. Or I dealt with that all my life. Me too. And I think that's that's where my that's one of my worst pride issues right there. Is when somebody thinks they're better than me, it just burns me up. Burns me alive. And I still struggle with that, even though I know I'm not supposed to. Mm -hmm. That's one of my little ugly monsters under the bed. Yeah. It just it just kind of pecks away at you like a big chisel and a hammer, just knocking that concrete away. You know what I'm saying? Just eating you up, chipping you away. Yep. There's another one of them thousand cuts. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. That's That's something the devil uses to keep us from focusing on God. I think that's when pride is most difficult to deal with is when it's based on some sort of past hurt. Because mm -hmm. it's, it leaves you almost in a, in a trap because you don't, when you've, when you've been hurt by people or thrown away by people or made to feel like you're unlovable and unwanted, you don't want to feel that anymore. Right. So there's a part of you that wants to run away from everybody because if you don't have anybody around you, nobody can hurt you. But then there's another part of you that that um, that hurt has blown up your ego a little bit that you don't you want to feel loved. 
Mm-hmm. You you want to feel the opposite of the way they made you feel. You want to feel accepted. You want to, everybody wants to be significant. We all want to live a significant life. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, to be an effective kingdom builder. That's not wrong. And everybody wants to have, have, have purpose and meaning and place, right? So it's like you're torn. You want, you want to be a thousand miles away from everybody because then nobody can hurt you. But at the same time, you want to be around people that want you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when you, when you get around people and you don't feel that, it, it clouds your perception. Mm-hmm. You start seeing people hurting you that aren't hurting you because you're coloring everything with that past hurt. Yep. And there's layers to that. Like pride isn't always a super simple thing. Like that person just wants to advance themselves above everybody else because they have a big ego. Yeah. Usually it's so much more com- Sometimes it's that simple, but usually it's so much more complex. Pride is like mm-hmm. healing an onion. It, it, yes. Yeah. Back in layers. And a lot of times there's hurt involved there that yes. needs healing. And that's the point I'm trying to make. It's not always that person's just doing something wrong and they need to quit. A lot of times there's healing that needs to be, or sorry, there's hurt that needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. We got to be really cautious. I think sometimes the church can be bad about responding to somebody who's been hurt by believers by saying, yeah, we know as a church body, we've hurt you and that was wrong, but really you just need to adapt better to the ways in which we're hurting you. Yeah. Man, that's terrible messaging. That's awful. Yeah. yeah, we do need to submit ourselves to be healed by our healer, by Jesus. But we also need to address when we are causing hurt and stop it. Yeah. Right. We've got to stop that cycle at some point. We've got to right. we've got to acknowledge that the cycle has consequences, both in ourselves if we've been hurt and if we're causing hurt to others. Because that's that's part of the cycle too. When you've been hurt, you tend to hurt others in the same way. Right. Now, I know you guys um have y'all ever shoot horses? I've seen it done. No, no. <laughs> anyway, you know, I know you you've been around horses. I have been around it, yeah. Uh, we used to shoe our own horses, and you know when you when you're shoeing them, I've seen infections get in under the shoes, and it's kind of like it's kind of like you got to take it off in layers. You you pull the shoe off and you start cutting back the hook because the hook's like a fingernail. Mm-hmm. That's what that's all it is, and you got to start peeling it back in layers to get down to the infected part. And once you get to the infected part, then you take the then you take the knife, the hook. And you get down in there and you cut the infection out and pop it out of there. And then you put the salve in and then you, you bandage it and leave it set for a few days. What happens is that salve goes in there and it starts rebuilding the tissues, starts rebuilding the, the, the fingernail. Like when we bust a fingernail, you ever smash a fingernail, you know, you get that bruise under it. It starts healing itself, you know, same analogy with, uh, with, pride you peel it back in layers until you get to the infected part which where you that's where you've been hurt then you cut it out of there and pop it out and then you put god in as a salve and that's where you start healing that's a beautiful analogy mm-hmm. i like it another pearl of wisdom would have been nice to know way back when but you know because <laughs> i can see myself you know the part where you're talking about where you get hurt is your wound well, the thing is, for me, before, if I'd get hurt, the peeling never happened. But I would make sure I did not get hurt again. Well, that's exactly what happens to the horse's hook. When he gets hurt, the hook the hook continues to grow over the top of the infection. But sometimes it'll get real thick. And, I mean, you got to peel it deep to be able to get down to where the infection's at. 
exact same way in our lives. We get hurt and then the sin just keeps piling on top of it. And, and the scales and the scab just keeps getting thicker and thicker and the callus gets thicker and thicker. But you got to start peeling it back in layers to be able to, and it may take years to get it peeled back till God gets it to that point in his time to be able to get in there and cut that out, pop it out of there and put the salve in so he can heal you. Well, I think that's a, we can connect that to why it is. I think God allows it to get as bad as it gets sometimes, because sometimes the infection has to get bad enough that it causes us a limp before yes. we acknowledge that we need a healer. We, we need to surrender and yield to that process of being healed because the, the infection can be there, but if it's not causing us any problems that we can perceive, we'll just live with it. For years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me too. Yeah. I lived with it for years. He's still That's peeling right. things out of me that, that I didn't realize that I, I, I thought I could live with, I guess. I guess in my mind, I deceived myself into believing I had dealt with it, but really I was just trying to live with it. And I don't think I'd be the person I am without all that hurt before. Exactly. I think he allows us to walk them roads. He allows things to happen in our lives. Um, Who better to witness to somebody that's been hurt in a similar way? Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, do see I it. think, do I think, see the, it. you know, yep. this is going to be hard to say, but the hurt that I used to have when I was a kid, I don't know. If, did he really want that in my life? I don't think so. You know, it, but the world, but the world wants that in your life. You know, the thing is, is even when I was a kid, I still went to church. I knew who he was, but I didn't follow him. I didn't accept him. You know, that's where I love to see. I love to see these young kids give their life to God. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we've got several kids that in our our own church that have given their life. And we're talking seven, eight year old kids. You know, Um, we just had a. How old is she? 13, 14? Mm-hmm. Danielle? So. She just accepted God into her life. So and I didn't even know about it. And that, that is just... I knew the name. That is just fabulous because this little girl was in a shell. I mean... Oh, yeah. Bad. She was in a shell bad. She was real, real shy, didn't talk. Now she talks. Now she, you know... Interacts, plays with the interact, other kids. Yeah, she interacts with the other kids. It's it's just beautiful to watch to watch them young people grow into into young Christian adults. Mm-hmm. I want to back up to to what you said about him not wanting that in your life. I think it's really important to understand a distinction because I think this is what trips non-believers up and keeps them from coming to him. Sometimes there's a difference between what he would like to have in your life, what he wants for you, and what he knows is necessary right. to get you to a place where you'll accept him. Right. Um, of course, he doesn't want any of us to hurt. Pain's pain's not his his goal for us. No, he doesn't want to cause us pain. But sometimes it's the pain it's it's the pain that's the road that leads to him, and it's the only one that leads to him. It's really important to understand that difference. Yeah. And you know, if I hadn't gone through the pain that I've gone through, the hurt that I've gone through, I would have never in my life been so committed to giving what time I might have left to help others avoid those pitfalls. Right. Never would have gotten to that place. And looking back, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I think that's why that, I think that's why I, I I lean towards more doing the kid stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I used to, I used to preach to them rough, tough bikers, (laughs) but uh, 
man, since, since we transitioned over into the new church, you know, I've been doing the kid, I've been doing the kid ministry and I'm like, that's where I needed to be all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong. He still wants me to, he still wants me to spread his word. He still wants me to probably preach to other people, to, to the bigger kids. But I, right now, I think, I think the younger kids is where it's at because, man, we got to mold them kids. We've got to make that second generation church. We cannot, we cannot fail them. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us not to fail them. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Hey, Carl, I like what you were saying, you know, about sometimes, you know, the pain having to be there. And it, it reminds me of Jacob wrestling with God because, of course, God could have just stopped him. He could have just, you know, automatically taken him out. But I mean, how long did they wrestle? And then he gave him a little reminder that, hey, nope. You're gonna have some pain out of this. Yeah, pop that out. You know, well, they wrestled all. They wrestled all night long. Yeah, yeah. I think it was come dawn of the morning is when is when he touched him in the in, in the, the head. side yeah. and gave him his little hitch and his giddy up. Right. Yeah. It says it literally wrenched it out of wrenched socket. Out, yeah. yeah. And, and gave him a socket. Yeah. Which, permanent again, He could have done two seconds in. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> at any point in time. But again, that you need to come to me. You need to come to this realization of, of who you're dealing with and that I'm never going to leave you, I think was the overall message out of right. that. And that's well, yeah. the constant it's reminder a, it's we a, need. It's a really good picture yeah. because God will, he'll let you struggle with him until it's his time. Mm-hmm. And then when it's his time, he's going to wrench your side. Well, it's, it's deeply symbolic, deeply. How old was, how old was Jacob when that occurred? Do you, do you recall? I don't. He wasn't a young man. No, he was 40s, 50s, probably. Probably. Yeah. The reason I bring that up, Jacob means supplanter or deceiver. It's got a negative connotation. The name Jacob does. And that's essentially what he was. He was a, he was a deceiver. The way he got the birthright from his brother was through deceptive means. It wasn't righteous. And God let him live that life for decades before he brought him to that place where he came face to face with God's presence there and wrestled with him. And like I say, that's deeply symbolic for our walk and coming out of that with, with, like you said, Mike, with the limp, with the pain of the process, he comes out of it, Israel, he comes out of it changed. Like it's a, it's a beautiful picture of going from the way we were to the way he wants us to be, Right. Yeah. you know, and that's what I mean by the, 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 you know, the old nature that we're all struggling with. There's a, there's a proverb I read recently and it says that there was a scorpion and the scorpion comes to the bank of a of huge body of water from its perspective, and it needs to cross over, but it can't because the scorpion can't swim. And a frog comes up and says, "Well, I can, I can, I can hop across the lily pads, and I can get you across the the body of water, no problem. Just climb on my back." So the scorpion climbs on the frog's back, rides the frog across. The frog, you know, easily hops over the lily pads and gets to the other side. And as soon as the frog touches down on the other side of the water, it feels a sting in its back. The scorpion stung it. And as the frog's laying there dying, he cries out to the scorpion and says, why did you do this to me? I gave you a ride across the river or across the water like you wanted. And the scorpion says, I'm sorry, I can't help it. It's just my nature. It's just who I am. There are things about things that we see on the outside that pour out. That's an expression of that old nature. It's just, it's who we are. And we can only hide that for so long, which is why the new birth is necessary. We have got to do like Jacob did and cross over that experience with God and become the people that he wants us to be 
Jesus is the bridge, right? He is the bridge that, that crosses us over that river, right? That body of water. It's the butt, B-U-T, mm-hmm. one T. It's, it's the butt. You know, that is a powerful word. Yeah, yeah. It's a powerful and significant word. I was this way, but something miraculous happened. I think that's how Oswald Chambers says it in, in his famous devotional. I was one way, but he did something in my life. Yeah. That's when it's in the positive, when we surrender and we yield to that process to cross over and like Jacob become Israel. But too often we use the but as an excuse not to. I know I should obey, but insert excuse. I know I should yield, but insert excuse. I know I should believe his word, but insert excuse. Too often we let it hold us back and keep us in that old scorpion nature. And then wonder why things aren't going right. We wonder why he has to bring pain in our life because he's trying to get us to cross over that simple three-letter word that's so difficult to cross over sometimes because we're not yielding to the process. And the only way he can get our attention many times, most times, is to cause us pain, to highlight our need for him to, to accept Jesus, to accept Yeshua, to cross over that bridge and become the people that we were created to be, that our old nature is holding us back from being. That's to me, that's what pride, we can call it, call it whatever we want, monster under the bed, pride. It really all just comes back to that old nature, that sin nature within us that's causing us to be the sort of person that he can't abide by. He can't accept that. He can't accept that sin nature in us. He can't. He will not share a space with sin. And if we want him to abide in us, we've got to yield to him to let him change us into something better. That wasn't, that wasn't the result I wanted. Mike, say something. Mike, Save the podcast. Something. Uh, No, I was sitting there listening to everybody and I was going through my head. Uh, I have a pride issue, a big one. Um, I don't like to ask for help, really. And when I do, it's because I really need it. I don't like to go see the doctor because they always seem to find something else wrong with me. (laughs) I'm tired of being that guy, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he's not going to make it again because he doesn't feel well, fill in the rest. I get so tired of that. It it makes me sick. But pride is an ugly, ugly thing. Pride can be a good thing. Pride in certain things are good. But pride in yourself or pride in possessions, not not so good. You know, I, I, I used to look around all the time before my demise, that uh, I wanted the newest and shiniest thing out there. Because he had it, that means I had to have it. I'm no longer that way, and that's the but Carl's talking about. I no longer want... I mean, when so, if somebody said, would you like a new Dodge pickup? I'd say, yeah, as long as it's not a Ford. But, you know, that, that, was, for, that was for vintage Bob. But anyway... Um, you know, I think I think we put pride in the wrong areas. Like like that discussion we had a while back about those people jumping on me on Moberly Talks. My pride wanted to jump all over them like I needed to defend God and his word. He doesn't need me to defend him. He's the defender, not me. But my pride, I said, well, I need to show these people a thing or two because they are way off base. So I, I think we all have a pride issue in some area of our life. Some of us have it more than others. Others have less. But 
it's what keeps you separated from God because, you know, I did a devotional recently about about this very very subject. What is it in you that makes you think you're unqualified? I think it was called unqualified. And if you look at the Bible, it's full of people that were unqualified when God called them. But pride can keep you from accepting a calling or a direction or whatever it might be. That's pretty much all I got on that subject. Um, yeah, I don't like the word pride. Unfortunately, I have I have a big bed, Bob, and it's stacked full to the top. Yeah. And you go, oh yeah, I don't like people <laughs> people that uh, pull out in front of me. They get they get the they they get a good source of my pride from time to time, <laughs> you know. Or look at me like I'm an idiot because I stopped like Carl did the other day. It's a stop sign. He doesn't say stop and slow and go. It's it's stop <laughs> and. I'm a big rules guy. I think you should always follow the rules. But that could be a source of pride, too. Mm-hmm. I realized that the other day. Well, I, you know, as most of you know, I'm disabled, so I ride a cart when I go to Walmart. And on the cart, it says, for in-store use only. Well, that doesn't mean you take it back to your car full of groceries, okay? That's not what it says. It says, in-store use only. Well, it's bad enough they're riding it out there, but then they leave it outside. There are other people waiting for these things. And it became apparent to me, who am I to judge what they're doing? Okay. Yeah, they're breaking the rules, but it's not my not my spot. Right. So I think God will break you down and make you realize these little secret spots that you think you've got. They're not secret. <laughs> not even close. Mm-hmm. Anybody that knows you can probably see it, just like Jerome was talking about. There's, a, I think it's psychology, and, and if Stephanie, you're listening, I'm sure you'll clarify this for me. It's called the Jahari mirror. It's a mirror. It's got three or four sides. I can't remember exactly how you see yourself, how others see yourself, what you can't see about yourself. I forget the fourth one. Long time since psychology, but how yeah, you really are, maybe probably your how, true self. Yeah, your true self, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about that when Ron was talking. It's a lot of truth in that. Mm-hmm. A lot of truth in that. That's why community is so important. Exactly. I hate to give Ron any credit at all, but, you know, I had to on that one. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> he rolled his eyes for everybody. <laughs> Somebody got something out of it. <laughs> Me? There you That's go. good. <laughs> I wasn't going there. But <laughs> No, I do think that is important. That is, that's one of the most important aspects of good godly community is in in remaining teachable yourself because there are times that you're doing things or, or coming across in a way that you may not intend. You know, it may be an issue underlying within your own heart, like you said, Ron, that you can't see and you need somebody to come alongside you in humility and love to be like, hey, man, I, I see the way you're going and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. We need to work through this together. But you also have to be willing to receive that sort of correction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, each and every one of us mm-hmm. to give and receive. Yeah, you know, and like I was saying with with that love, and be with humble that enough. Grace. If the person doesn't want to receive it, that yeah. you just leave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to wait until they are ready. Yes. Yeah, because if you push and push, then it's going to turn into anger, regret, resentment, yep. resentment. Yes, yeah. and then it's like a big 
blow up and you got to start all over. Yeah. And then, like Bob said, you got to build the trust back because you just done went and lost it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steal a line from Ronnie and take the needle off the record here. And final <laughs> thoughts. I think you should go first, Bob. You got super quiet, made me uncomfortable. Did it? It did. It did me too. Bob got super tired. <laughs> it's, the, it's the vintage in Bob that made him tired. Yeah, the vintage. Correct. Yeah, he's either sixty or nothing. There's no in between. Mm. <laughs> I'm that I'm that Ford that's broke down on the road, as you guys would say. Yes. Right alongside them Dodges. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry, Bob. I'll hook up to you. I got a Dodge. Yeah. I would. I'll bring you home. I would never allow my Ford to be strapped to the back of a Dodge. Let's stop One the Ford. Wouldn't make it to where it was going. <laughs> we need to stop the Ford's breaking down jokes. I'm going on a trip tomorrow, and that's what we drive. No. So <laughs> you gotta stop. You gotta stop. Carl's that's like, all right. We'll pray for you. Like, Don't be speaking that bad juju. <laughs> if it breaks down, I'm calling you, and you're gonna come help me out. Yeah. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> <laughs> now, I guess uh, I don't know. You know. Uh, when you see the little ugly monster coming out from under the bed, cage him up. Put a put a quietus to him. Post a no fishing sign. Whatever, whatever it takes to to put him at bay. You know, sometimes them little monsters are hard to get at bay because mm-hmm. they come out with aggression. I'm talking bad aggression. You know, um, I guess what I'm really trying to say is is when you see one coming out that aggressive, talk to the father because he can suppress that aggression. He can get rid of it, which means stop, pray about it, and truly talk to him. Just have that fellowship with him. That's where it's at anyway. Because if, if you don't if you don't have fellowship with him, you ain't got nothing anyway. You're still bumbling through life, thinking thinking that you that you got it all together, and you don't. So, yeah, just just try to keep them little monsters at bay. And pride is the worst monster because there's pride that he jumps up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And almost every conversation you have, you always have some kind of bad thought run through your head, or you always have some kind of judgmental thought run through your head, or. You're like, wow, I'd have done it different than that. Well, there's pride jumping in and writing away, you know, and be like, yep, yeah, I'm better than that guy. I'm better than that person. I used to be that guy, Bob. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I really do. You know, even though even though I said I, I, I couldn't stand them guys, I was that guy. I always had to be a one-upper. Yep. That's a terrible way to so, live. It's a terrible way to live. So don't be a one-upper. Be a kneeler. Mm. How about that? Ooh, I like that. I'm done. Your turn around. Run. I'm just sitting here thinking. I don't, I'm not saying I. I definitely got pride issues, but for me, it's always think before you speak. Um, because whoever I'm talking to or whatever, I was. I see two roads. If I say this, it could go this way or it could go this way. And then after that, I think, well, where's it going to go after that? Where's it going to go after that? So I I tend to always think a lot before I talk because I don't want to veer somebody off the wrong way. 
And and then sometimes my pride gets to me so bad I don't say nothing. So, I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but it's it's just that that path, the road, the curves. I mean, if man, I just really don't know where I'm going with this. It's just so what you trying if you to can't say? say something nice, I guess just don't say nothing. I don't navigate because navigate between the lines and try to stay from going off the rails. Well, them and yourself. I mean, yeah. because if you say something, then you go back later and think about what you said. You're like, well, dang, like you said, I could have said something totally different there. It yeah. would have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, to not discourage them and all that, I, for me, it's think before I speak. So, yeah. here's what you're going to mm-hmm. right there. Coffee, Mike. Yeah, I said I'm thinking about trust, along with about pride. No, exactly. <laughs> Give me just a second over there, silently, Ron. <laughs> Try trust and pride. Um, sometimes I think the, the inability to trust in the Lord is a pride issue, mm-hmm. because to do so, you have to relinquish control to God and believe that he's going to do what he is going to do for what's best for you. And that's what I struggle with. I, I, I constantly think about that particular one. And in this conversation tonight, it's kind of cleared it out for me that that's also a pride issue. I need to trust that what he has for me, regardless of what it is, is best for me. I need to be accepting of that. Now that's, that's a lot of words that really says nothing other than what's what I felt tonight while we were talking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm with Bob. Whatever there is under the bed, keep it there. <laughs> I'm actually going to take over for a second because that connects that connects really well with what I wanted to share. Okay. And then you can go last, Mike, and you can pray us out. Right. So. <laughs> He's giving orders, Mike. No, 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 it's not that. But I want to I want to follow that because I think very often pride is an over it's an overblown sense of what I want of what I want. We deceive ourselves into thinking it's otherwise. And sometimes we can deceive ourselves into thinking that we're doing God's will when it's really just trying to get what we want from him. Today I was taking, I went to, I went, I was cleaning the car out for our trip tomorrow. So I was going to the car wash. So I brought my five-year-old with me because she likes to to sit in the the automatic car wash. And she asked if we could stop and get something to drink at the station because I was going to get gas too. I was like, yeah, we can do that. So we went inside and I, I, I got a drink and I brought her over to the drinks, but she wanted candy. Like, no, that's not what we came in for. You know, getting a candy bar, we came in for a drink. Well, she started what she's been doing a lot recently and threw a crying fit to try to get her way. Right? Over something so simple and so small as not getting a candy bar. And I kneeled down and I'm like, we've got to correct this behavior. You can't cry, cry your way into getting what you want. We came in here for a drink, not a candy bar. You need to dry it up and pick out a drink. She refused to. I said, if you don't fix it, we're going to walk out and you're not going to get anything. You're not going to get a drink. You're not going to get a candy bar. She wouldn't. She kept crying. So we walked out the station and she didn't get either. 
Right? I still took her to the car wash and, you know, she's sitting in the car wash and that experience completely forgets about losing both the drink and the candy bar. But I think that's too often how we approach God. Sometimes I think we treat prayer like we say we're asking for his will in our life when really what we're asking for is for him to give us what we want, just call it his will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not what he promises. That's not. Very often what we want, sometimes, I just want to say very often, sometimes what we want can align with his will. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what we want has nothing at all in common with his will for our life. I think there are times when, as a good father, he will give us what we want if what we want is not sinful or ungodly because he loves us. But sometimes he just says no. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he just says no. And when pride wells up and we throw a fit, sometimes there are consequences. Sometimes we walk out of the station not getting anything, not getting what he had for us and not getting what we wanted to teach us a lesson. There'll be an experience on the other side of it that might be better than both the candy bar and the drink, right? But we still have to walk through those consequences to teach us a lesson about not just being okay, not just being enthusiastic when he says yes, but also being okay with it when he says no. That's what trust looks like. That's what true trust looks like in his will for your life. And when you let get when you let pride get out of control, it turns into a hissy fit, a crying, blubbering, whining hissy fit. When you don't get what you want, when you find out what that you your desire doesn't align with His will, and I think that's what He's trying to get us to is that place where we're just fully submitted and yielded to His will. Yep. He wants to bless us. He does. He wants to bless us His way, though. Right. And we've got to accept that. That's my final thought. Mm. So glad I get to follow that. I know, right? It'll be great. I'm expecting great things. I thought for sure it was going to be a soccer story, but no. Uh, Wait for the B-side. Oh, okay. Mine's going to be short and sweet, though. I'm just going to say that don't ever be too prideful that you can't receive and give in love. So you can catch up with us uh, on our Facebook page. Twitter and uh, our email uh, if you have any questions we put out a save the date for our conference this year hopefully you'll be able to see a lot of you there and uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out Lord our God we just come to you today humbly and thankful thankful for the day that you've already given us for the safety you've provided us in getting here for the day that you gave us to live on this earth for you We pray to move forward in our everyday lives to do your will, not ours, to not let our pride get in the way. Lord, help us stay out of our own way. Help us to serve you and serve others the way you want us to. We love you. We praise you and we want to honor you in all that we do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
covered by my blood. Singing glory, yeah, amen. Singing glory.